We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There is a line and you know where it is. We know you know. We know you know. You're smart. Our, our listeners are really fucking smart. Yeah. You know you know. And we know that you know. Yeah. We know that you know and we, we know that you you we, know that you know that you know and we know that you know. And you know that we know that you know that we know. <laughs> Damn. I don't even know what I just Meta said. as fuck. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Holy, Holy Hour. Hour. I'm Amelia Sampson. And I'm Liz Ball. Thanks for joining us for Mass. Your parents tell you it's an hour, but um, sometimes it's 45 minutes when you leave right after communion. Sometimes you it's... Sneak out the back. An hour and a half. Yeah. Some sometimes the, the, the deacon or the priest goes on a rant mm -hmm. about BDSM. It's actually the same mass every single time you go. It's it just never stops. No. You just keep going to the same mass. Mm -hmm. That's the holy hour. <laughs> it's the same mass over and over. <laughs> Liz and I actually do never stop talking, so that's actually kind of the truth. My internal monologue never shuts the fuck up. God, wouldn't it be nice if like we could... Yeah. Make them shut up. Have you ever looked over at like a guy you're dating and you're like, what are you thinking about? And they're like, nothing. And you're like, God, that sounds so peaceful. How are you not thinking anything? The answer that I always get from guys is, oh, I don't know. I'm like you weren't thinking that hard about it that you can't remember what you were thinking about two seconds ago. That sounds really, really peaceful. I, I've been caught. Yesterday, my boyfriend caught me off guard. I was just like dazed, staring out my window, like watching the clouds pass. And, uh... I was like, he was like, what are you thinking about? Because I just looked so deep in thought, like my eyes were glazed over. And I was like, what am I thinking about? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm thinking about like what sexuality means to other people and how feeling sexual feels to them. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> it's just like, you asked me what I was thinking about. I was going to say, it's such a Liz about. thought. It's just so deep. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, hmm. When I feel, like, sexual, like, is it reactive or is it, like, random? 
Like, does something turn me on or am I just horny? And then I was like, I guess they're different. And then I was like, I guess also when I'm turned on, I don't necessarily want to be sexual. That's you a know? really good question. I've never actually thought about it. Like, Because there's times where I'm like, yeah, I'm just like horny. And then I'll take care of it myself because it's the middle of the day. You're right. No, it is kind of random sometimes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Who doesn't? Gotta rub it out in the middle of the day. Yeah. Just get really turned on by it's my tech. It's my work break. It's my time. We should work at that company. Do whatever I want. With the woman that we talked about last week Uh, that has the masturbation breaks. I don't want to work in the porn industry. Yeah, ew, me neither. Unless it's like female directed. I mean, she is ethical. Technically in charge, but Yeah, it's the producer. Yeah. I just it's not ethical enough that I want to work in it. You know? That's fair. We got we got all kinds of stuff. We have so you, much to talk about today. I did want to bring this up, and maybe like the beginning of the episode is a good time to bring this up. Um, we've kind of you and I have texted about it a little bit, and I know I've like briefly mentioned it in a tweet, but like obviously we can see the analytics of who our listeners are, and like seventy percent of them are women, and then the other thirty percent are men, and. Like, 95% of our messages come from men, which I think is kind of funny. It's really interesting. Um, And, I mean, they're all, like, most of them are nice. And then I do want to, like, I think it's important that we address that, like, some of the messages that we get, it can become a conflict for us to respond, like, because they're coming from people who, like, are opening up to us about like very sensitive and emotional things that we're not equipped to like provide an, an answer to. Like mm-hmm. it could become dangerous if we're like giving people advice on what to do in the most vulnerable areas of their life. Yeah, it makes us kind of liable. Yeah. And I think that's why like, we, you know, we love that you guys know us so well and like we are huge mental health advocates and we're sharing like the most intimate parts of our lives with just literally anyone who's gonna listen so I know that's why it's like you you trust us and we love that but at some point it's also like really hard for us to like know how to respond to something because we are just you know two girls we have (laughs) no formal training we have no formal training like and that so don't take it personally if like there's we can't respond or we don't feel equipped to respond because that's why is just because like sometimes we don't have an answer and like it can become a bigger issue if we like take on that responsibility. Yeah. We do try and answer like the things that are just like, you know, basic like sex and dating questions or stories, things like that. But when it, there, there, there is a threshold. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tough for us because we, like Liz is saying, know that we probably feel we feel like we're your friends. Yeah, because we, we. I mean, we, we open up so much to y'all. We know, know you guys so much about you know so much about us. It's out of our purview of how because really the only thing that we can speak from is our own experience, and outside of that, like a lot of things need a professional, mm-hmm. and it's it puts us in a position of again not wanting to ever make anybody feel ignored but also caring about y'all enough to recognize that some stuff is just like out of what we can help you with. Yeah. And no one's ever gotten mad at us. No. Not responding. Most of the time when we don't respond, it's because we're busy. Yeah. We're working full time. (laughs) 
and y'all will know the difference I mean yeah. like we love we love hearing from y'all and you asking us for advice there's a difference between advice and like just like dumping a giant problem that you can't navigate yeah. on us because you know we can't help you navigate it either yeah and it does help to just say it mm-hmm Totally. I, I can understand that. We care about you guys so much and we talk about mental health so much because we hope that you're able to get access to professional help with things. Mm-hmm. Um, we both work in uh, tech. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I don't even really understand that. Nope. Most of the time I don't really understand <laughs> don't that. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> My boss knows. <laughs> um, I wrote, I, I've been like, putting together my portfolio and I was reminiscing on how I wrote a blog on behalf of like a tech CEO and I was like I have no idea what the fuck I'm writing about I didn't know that you did that yeah which one was that I've done a few ghost writing what things for CEOs that's kind of badass yeah it's weird you could be a CEO you talk like one Mm. Thanks. You are the CEO. I'm the CEO of being that bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but we have significantly more fun things to talk about. We do. I and okay, so we wanted to read. Oh, you okay? I inhaled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I breathed. <laughs> I'm choking on air. <laughs> The world and just uh, no, dying inside my apartment. <laughs> okay. It's like Disneyland, where if someone's dying, they move them off of the property. They do, yeah, so they can say no one's died here. That's so Isn't that yeah, that's so that's really up. Up. just kick them out? Anyways, <laughs> no, Amelia didn't die in my apartment. She died outside of it. <laughs> you just like push me out the window. I can't have my apartment be haunted. <laughs> Although you haunting my apartment would be. The best case scenario. <laughs> it's so fun in this made-up circumstance. We would have a good time. I still try to make the cats snuggle me. They'd be so confused because they could see me. Yeah, cats they'll be able to see. Cats you. can see cats, ghosts. Yeah, cats definitely see ghosts. Um, okay, so we have a listener email that I thought was really interesting, um, and I'm just gonna read it to you. Hey, ladies. First, I wanted to let you know that you both have become my best friends, whether you know it or not. (laughs) I started listening to the podcast maybe a month ago, and I've listened to every episode and also got my twin sister hooked. You two are effortlessly funny, and I find myself wanting to respond to the things you say on the pod as if we're in the same room having a conversation. LOL. Actually, I have responded out loud on more than one occasion, especially when Liz mentioned James Dean and Owen Gray. I've never heard anyone mention my favorite male porn stars. Yes! Having binged all the episodes so quickly, I wanted to write in numerous times to share a related story, but something happened the other day that I decided I wanted to share instead. Hmm. Let's dive in. Also, I just have to say, this listener is a very good writer. And that's coming (laughs) from Liz. Yeah, she's a good storyteller. Back in February, I was swiping through Bumble when I came across a guy whose profile said something along the lines of exploring an open relationship with my wife, and I was intrigued, so I swiped right. I've seen lots of people on Bumble in open relationships, ethical non-monogamy situations, polyamory, etc. But I've never engaged because I've always thought myself I've always thought of myself as someone who prefers a monogamous relationship, due in part to my history of only monogamous relationships, crippling insecurities, and anxious preoccupied attachment style. I'm also a Pisces sun, Cancer moon, and Virgo rising. So just emotions everywhere. <laughs> Would love to know your thoughts on my big three. 
I have some. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm sure you have some. Um, it, I will, I'll just say blanket statement. Like, I love all women of astrology. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't trust men, especially no. water sign men. Anyways. <laughs> Generally surprised when we mesh, or genu- generally, this was very out of character for me. I also hadn't talked to anyone in over a year, so I figured, hey, it could be fun slash hot to chat with married guy. So I swiped right and was surprised when we matched. I messaged him my typical, hey there, opening line. I was surprised once again that he responded so quickly and almost immediately jumped into engaging conversation. This was the first good conversation I'd had with a man in a while, and we connected instantly. Within an hour or so, we exchanged numbers and continued texting all day and basically nonstop for the last three months. So we've been dating for the last three months, and it's been really lovely. Even though I share his attention with his wife, he has given me more than guys I've been in monogamous relationships with. Being with him has taught me to be more secure in my attachment. Being with him has given me the opportunity to to explore and discover new things, sexually and otherwise. Being with him has made me the happiest I've been in a long time. Somehow the last three months have both felt like three seconds and three years simultaneously. We both agree that the way we feel about each other was not at all expected when entering this situationship. The other day, he was offered a job halfway across the country, and he's taking it. To say I'm heartbroken is an understatement. I feel silly for being so sad about someone I didn't know existed three months ago and someone that I knew I wouldn't end up with. I've always known that this would end eventually, but not this soon. He said he'd like to keep what we have, but obviously just see each other a lot less frequently. I'm trying to just go with the flow to see how things go, etc. But God, the pain sucks. It's already a really tough pill to swallow knowing I've, I'll never fully have him since he's married. But now that the, the part of him that I do have will be one, 750 miles away, it's that much harder. So I don't know what I'm, go- what I'm doing. <laughs> None of us do, girl. <laughs> how did you get in time? And of course, I just got fucking lash extensions yesterday, and now I'm sobbing. Amelia, how the hell do you maintain these things? I don't. don't. (laughs) The mature, growing side of me is trying to focus on how this has been a learning experience. How else would I have learned that I liked to be slapped across the face during sex? (laughs) LMAO. Yes! (laughs) But the other side is just feeling really fucking sad and spiraling into thoughts of going through this pain isn't worth dating. I'm never going to find someone that I vibe with like him. What's wrong with me that I can't find someone as great as him that is single and just missing him already. I know these thoughts are ridiculous, but they're hard to silence sometimes. He moves in a little less than a month. Am I going to try long distance with a married man for a little bit at least? I don't want to just abruptly end it. I don't want to put an end date on things. I'm probably being stupid but mm-hmm. I thought that when going into this situation and have had a great time so far and have had a great time so far. Oh, did I mention that I've also gotten him to listen to the pod? Fuck yeah, you have. <laughs> I know he isn't my forever and is just a piece of my puzzle, but damn, do I really like him. So that's my situation right now. And I wanted my BFFs to hear about it. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> uh, and then she just says that, um, the, her twin sister got her a cameo from you, <laughs> which is so sweet. Yes. Uh, and then she wants to take shots of Tito's together someday. Amen. But reading this was really great. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah. Um, I honestly like, obviously we don't have advice. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts though. Yeah. I definitely do have a few thoughts. Like 
that you know there is no right or wrong way to go about this you know yeah and whatever feels right in your gut and what you go with is what's supposed to happen 100 percent. and i know that sounds cliche but like when i think about the guys that i'm like god i that guy fucking sucked and then you're like well I did learn from it, and... You know what I always say? I had a good time for a little while. It's either a lesson or a blessing. It's either a lesson or a fucking blessing. And sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's both. Yeah. I think that a lot of us get caught up in the, like, what the fuck was I thinking? But I think that we need to get better at giving ourselves, our past selves, grace in that we made a decision that fell right in the moment based on all of the information that we had at the time. And really, like, it hurts now, but you've had such an incredible experience from Mm -hmm. this that it's, like, so easy for us to say from the outside. I know that I've been in a lot of really great experiences that when they've ended, I've been like, I wish that I didn't actually ever do this. (laughs) Because it's just, it hurts so fucking bad to end it. Yeah. But every... Everything, I mean, I'm just, I sound like a broken record, but really you learn something from every situation and now you know. And and who of us hasn't been there when you're just like, it hurts so badly that you're like, is this even worth yeah. trying? Is this even, is like how much pain I'm in now even worth dating anymore? Mm-hmm. And it is. I've definitely felt like that. It fucking sucks. I told my boyfriend that he's the last man I'll ever date. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just stared at me and I was like, if we break up, I'm only dating women after this. And then, <laughs> and then he was like, <laughs> it was a joke. He was like, I will kill you. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> we both were just like fucking with each other. It was, it was really oh funny God, in context. I want to hang out with you too so bad. Uh, you, you get to. Just you cry will. the whole time. <laughs> just, I love them I so love much. Them. Um, but I did talk to one of my friends who had dated, um, like a polyamorous girl. Um, I don't know if he like considered himself polyamorous or like, I also don't know the difference between like polyamory, polyamory and non-monogamy. We should look that up. I, I, I might be wrong. I'm going to guess. Is monogamy just, I don't know. Non-monogamy I think is when you're just sleeping with a an, uh, one person more than one per non-monogamy is more than one person polyamory i think is when you have multiple partners so like you have like a i know in polyamory a lot of the time people will have like kind of like a main person like a main relationship are you googling the difference between the two i'm googling the difference between non-monogamous and polyamorous generally non-monogamy means you are having sex with others with your partners knowing you are Poly means that you are having loving and romantic relationships with others with your partners knowing. That makes sense. Okay. So so non-monogamy is just sex. Mm-hmm. And then polyamory is it's a legitimate relationship. Yeah. Um so I was explaining this to my, like just very high level this story to my friend um that our listener wrote into us and he had tried dating a polyamorous girl and um, uh, he had never been in like a non-monogamous relationship. Um, And so he was, I was like, I was saying like, this is how like polyamory should be like, cause some people will say like, oh, I'm ethically polyamorous, but like they don't, 
they're they're not interpreting it that way. They're not behaving that way. They're using polyamory as a front of like, yeah, I just want to have sex with other people and not have any emotions involved. So I guess maybe technically that would be non-monogamy, but mm-hmm. um, like people will say that they are polyamorous and that's what they do. Yeah. And then like clearly polyamory is like, no, you are, you have so much love that you are having engaging romantic relationships with multiple people. Yeah. You're not just fucking a bunch of people because like you have attachment issues. Yeah. It's like people use that's the just, guys as polyamory. Yeah, yeah. It's just like dating or sleeping around. Like, Eth- and those are, those are fine, but don't put a mask on it right totally and that's why people have started to call it ethic non-monogamy like ethical non-monogamy because you're you're being honest about it yeah and it's like insulting to like actually polyamorous people Mm -hmm. who are like going about it in a more appropriate way yeah in like a more consensual way um anyways so I was explaining that to him and then um he was like I agree but also like in his experience like he I think he's like glad that he tried it but it was not for him and then um he was like I think that sometimes polyamorous people are just addicted to dating new people Mm. and like in his circumstance um when he was dating this girl like I think he really liked her but also I'm sure there's like part of it that is like you're you know you're not the only one so there's this sense of competition and that can feel that can also feel like you want to like quiet and satisfy this insecure part of you like when you know that feeling when you're like oh I have to like compete with other girls for this guy's attention Mm -hmm. to when you're just maybe like you haven't even seen him yet so like you have this like huge amount of confidence and like you feel sexy and like you want to do all these things to be the best does that make sense yeah like, I think it's just natural to feel that way, too. Totally. I think we're competitive in, like, our biology. Yeah. Just everyone in general. Yeah. Um, it, like, the thrill the thrill and confidence of, like, being single is, like, so much fun. Mm-hmm. And just being like, yeah, I'm fucking hot. And I'm the one in charge. Yeah. Anyways, all that to say, um, I think that that part was probably a little thrilling. But um, when he explained, like, when she brought another guy into the mix she he was like when people met me they were like oh you're the new guy and then a few months later she fell really hard for some other guy like and he has to watch it happen and be okay with it so I think that's why it wasn't for him but I really don't think that I could do it I'm all for I really really want to have somebody on the pod that participates in polyamory mm-hmm. there's this guy we're mutuals on TikTok who is very outspoken about participating in polyamory and he talks a lot about the jealousy involved um because it, i can imagine god i mean like well, and you know you want to try it and be in, like not just to be cool but to be like yeah like i want to try something new yeah. like maybe i can be open to this right you don't know until you try exactly i don't think i could ever do it because and you're you know when you were talking about like there being like another person and competing like I've never been in a relationship really where there hasn't been another person I've had to worry about. And it's such an insecurity for me now that I don't think that I could ever do it. Even entering into a situation knowing that that's the setup, I feel like from the jump, I would feel okay about it and be like, all right, let's like give it a go. We both agree to this. And then it would get to the point where I was 
jealous and insecure and comparing myself to whoever it is, I wouldn't want to know who it was. And I don't think that that setup really works for polyamory. I know Mm -hmm. for ethical non-monogamy it does because you don't really need to know the other people, which I guess is kind of what I've been doing anyway. I also think that, so I was thinking about this earlier, like, um, you and I have been in circumstances like our exes used I think they knew that that was something that would make us insecure and they used it against us Mm -hmm. like oh I'm gonna like they already know I've cheated before Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna push the boundary so I can be in control by making them feel insecure about this person yeah it's a power play Mm -hmm. so so I like because now I'm like well how come I'm not jealous when my boyfriend now hangs out with other women yeah and then, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, cause he's just not a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, the more I thought about things too, I, I can't remember what I was listening to or watching, but, um, they said like people show you who they are really early on and mm-hmm. you need to believe them the first time. But I thought about that and I was like, yeah, dude, when I first started dating my ex, he was like, yeah, I've cheated on every girl I've dated except you. Red flag. And then... I was like, he told me who he was then and there. Uh huh. He probably did cheat on me. And even even if he didn't, he definitely used that insecurity against me mm-hmm. in many circumstances. And the more I think about it, I'm like, he's not even hot. <laughs> These girls are hot. They weren't talking to him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you the, know I, feel I also thought about it. I was like, he is the most unattractive guy I've dated. I don't think he's unattractive, but he is the least attractive of all of the men and the worst behaved. He shines from the inside out, that one. You know what? This reminds me, I have been wanting to tell you guys, it is hot girl summer. Yes. And I don't, I'm not just saying that. I'm saying like, we are not dating anyone ugly. No. We are only dating hot people. Inside and out. Because I just think that hot people are going to treat you better. Yeah. <laughs> like, the more, I don't know. Like, don't settle for some, like, fucking <laughs> shitty guy who you're like, well, I'm not as attracted to him as I could be to someone else. Because, yeah. because that guy's personality might be ass, too. And, and Amen. being a hot person also d- obviously does not, is not exclusive to your looks. Have you seen, like, a a big chonky comedian always has a hot wife, always a smoking hot wife. That's and so true. It's because their personality is delicious. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh God, I'm such that a sucker is for why. personality. Nothing gets me wetter than a good so personality. It's hot girl summer. We're only <laughs> fucking hot people forever. Oh my god. We're only dating hot people. We're only marrying hot people. We're only fucking hot people. Yeah, and this isn't aesthetically. This isn't only aesthetically. It's really truly. Well, and hotness is subjective. subjective. Yeah. Hotness is very subjective. Yeah. So totally. See, this is my issue with just don't fucking settle. You know that dating app Luxie? We talked about it on episode three, I think. Great. Two or three. Barely. They like let people in based on hotness, and that shit fucking grinds my gears because what somebody considers attractive is so different from what the person next to them considers attractive that's so oh, yeah. fucked up to and also that way. doesn't technically work because like statistically like these are actual numbers people are more attracted to a type yeah like 
sure, people can be universally attractive, but people are the most attractive to someone who fits like a specific type that they're just into. Me? Beards. (laughs) (laughs) It's beards for Amelia. Slap a beard on it. And for me, it is someone who seems a little dangerous somehow <laughs> they have like something moody about them well wow, you I have love such a, that shit your type is so much more fun than mine i'm just like put a beard on a garbage can on fuck it <laughs> god but that's my type i can't help it i love testosterone you you like a pretty guy with a beard i think mm. and i like someone who may or may not treat me like shit we don't really know until we well <laughs> until i'll find we out wait, together wait around to find out <laughs> yep Ooh. But your boyfriend like has that kind of mysterious vibe and he's such a fucking mm-hmm. good ass person to the core. Yeah. Such a fan. Me too. Does he listen? Does he know how big of a fan I am of his? Um so it's I like think getting weird. I definitely doesn't. tell him that you are a big fan and um he likes to hear if we like mention him or something. Yeah. Or if I'm like, yeah, uh, my friends think you're really hot. I don't know. Cause you like hearing those things about yourself. And yeah. you're like, oh, Okay. And what else do they say? But, but like one of my favorite things about him is just like how honest he is with me about stuff. So like like he's just very like self-aware of his needs and how he's feeling. Mm-hmm. So like in that circumstance, he's like, I like when you tell me things like that. And then I'm like, okay, I'll tell you more things like that. <laughs> A man that communicates what? What planet is he from? Well, I don't understand. And that's something that like maybe you're if you're like worried what people think of you, you're going to be like, oh, that makes me seem like conceited but like everyone likes to hear something positive about themselves so he knows that you like him good uh and that you're a fan but he doesn't really listen like yeah i get that he goes through waves of listening to different podcasts also like we talk all the time you know yeah and a lot of the stuff i'm sure that he's like okay with like not Mm -hmm. hearing yeah totally i'm realizing see just me saying um a guy that communicates being so rare. I realized the other day, I'm talking to a guy right now who you know I'm a big fan of. I need to figure out a nickname Which for him. Which one? What are we going to call him? I haven't talked about him yet. Funny man. No. <laughs> music man and I think funny we, man. <laughs> I think we said funny man for what? someone in the past. The comedian. But I don't think we called anyone funny man. Can we call him magic man instead? Why? Um, because Magic Man is a character in Adventure Time, and I think he's funny. We'll call him Magic Man. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start dating a magician one of these days. I'm no. I'm scramble. I will... Liz, you know I like magicians. I will not let you date a magician. <laughs> There's something really hot about magicians to me. <laughs> no. I've never seen more disappointment tell, in your eyes I can't before. tell if you're just fucking with me. I like magicians, Liz. The heart wants what it wants. Anyway, we'll well, call him Magic Man for now. He'll and make then... your orgasm disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't trust it. They're good with their hands. No. <laughs> also, <laughs> someone we work with told me that they used to be a street magician. And now I just... And ever since then, I just... I don't trust him. I don't trust magicians even more. And now I'm imagining you being attracted to that nope. person. Nope. <laughs> well <laughs> no there's a beard <laughs> that's true he does have a beard um oh but i was on facetime with this guy that i'm we're calling magic man um amelia doesn't like it I, well i'll get used to it i'll warm up to it i hated grapes i will say okay of the guys amelia talks to i 
have remembered maybe three <laughs> names. <laughs> three actual first names. Because I never call them by their first names. But well, also there's a lot to keep to, track of. Um, also, guys all have the same name, you know? Yeah. So it's hard for me to know who she's talking about. She'll be like, oh, my God, this guy. Tyler, Kyle, or Ryan. Yeah. I'm I'm talking to him on Instagram. I'm like, which one is this? Is this one on or off TikTok? Is this one from an app or from TikTok? Oh, my God. Liz remembers these guys by anecdotes. I have to give her anecdotes. This is the one who. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. There are so many. There's a new one every week. Mm -hmm. This one has been a constant in my life for like 10 years. (laughs) Mm. I was a fan of his before we started talking. He's gonna he's going to fully block me if he listens to this because this is a lot. But I, I just he's just great. I feel like you have like a big nerd crush on him. I love him. Like he's such a genuinely good he is what I hoped he would be, just from like following him for so long. And then is even better than that because he's so fucking normal. And mm-hmm. like he gets like if he feels like he oversteps, he's like embarrassed about it and apologizes. Like he drunk texts me and he texts me the next day and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, that's so embarrassing. What's wrong with me? I'm like, no, I like it. I like that you want to talk to me when you're drunk. I don't know. He's just really great. He answers his the FaceTime every time I call him, like uh-huh. no matter what the time of day is. And I love that. I like when you FaceTime me, but I'm always with my boyfriend. <laughs> no, your boyfriend's like, does Amelia just like call you all day, every day? Like, nope. It's just like you I have a radar don't. when y'all are together. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I gotta say hi. Liz is with her boyfriend. I miss him too. I'm bored. <laughs> hi. I so, always call her. Hi, I just missed you. He thinks it's fun when you call me. Oh, good. I'll just keep doing it then. Yeah. Just, Amelia like, will involved. send me voice notes and I always have to make sure if it's okay if he listens to <laughs> I always it. appreciate that. A lot of the time it is. I can't think of anything that I wouldn't want him to hear really. Um, and he gets really invested too. Love that. We both We both love when one of us is like, do you want to hear some tea? Yeah, I think that's and so fun. We're like, um, duh. I love getting tea from we love dudes gossiping because tea from girls, like a lot of the shit when I'm like, oh my god, Liz, and all text is something like very benign. But like when it's something from a guy, it's always something very no, juicy it's because be. they don't ever get into no, they drama. don't tell you the little stuff. Yeah. So then when they tell you some tea, it's like you know it's gonna be piping hot. Yes. And you're like, I love that. what? <laughs> I Tell just, me more. It's the best. It really is. Um, oh, oh, my God. I keep getting off track. Yeah, so Magic Man. Magic Man. I fucking hate it. I'm going to get used to it. I'll we get can, used to it. We can no, change it. I'm feeling good about it. No, okay. we, we're leaning into it, but I hate it. Okay. But we're leaning in. We've already, we've already committed. Magic okay. Man. I FaceTimed him the other day, and he was just like letting me talk and like listening to what I had to say and like giving me thoughtful answers. Wow. And I was so sad how like novel this was to me. I was like, you do end up talking to a lot of guys who like talk about themselves constantly yeah, and do like a lot of virtue signaling. Yeah. I think that that's why I'm such a huge fan of music man for a lot of reasons. But I think a big reason is because he's, he's like how magic man is where he just like, listens and gives good feedback well and they don't they don't sit there and preach about like what a good person they are they Mm -hmm. like show it with their actions yes I think that's the biggest difference I'm just like I'm just always so wowed by men like that and it sucks because like I'm sure that's a lot of our male listeners are probably like well I'm a guy like that but like if you are you're rare because like there's really not a lot of Mm y'all there's really not I've dated a lot of guys and I'd say about 
5% of them have actually listened when I talk. Like, it's such, it's so nice to, like, be listened to. I don't know. Because I... Be, like, treated like an equal. Mm-hmm. How often have you dated someone or gone on a date with someone who is, like, acting like they're the main character in an indie movie and you're, like, the manic pixie dream girl to move along their plot? <laughs> Like, as you're explaining this, I can think of, like, four. Yeah. Like, just right off the top There's of the There's been dome. so many times where, like, I've dated someone and then they see themselves as just, like, literally a main character and not, like, a real person. So they don't treat other people like real people. Yeah. I'm not sad. It's obnoxious. It must be an exhausting existence to feel that way, though. Yeah. Because and also, what entitled you to feeling that way? Being a white man in America. <laughs> you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) living in America (laughs) oh my god but it's really it's so like I don't know I just it's it's weird with with magic man because I feel it's never been so normal and effortless and like I like this person isn't expecting anything from me in so long that shit's so great I know um how would you feel about talking to less people (laughs) (laughs) pretty good it just happens this way how many are you talking to right now yeah three magic man sunset sunset's still in the mix yeah Okay. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. I mean, like, yeah, and, like, very vaguely. He, like, pops back in sometimes. I've created a bit of a, dis- like, you know, yeah. But he's still in the mix. And then this guy that I went Music out with Man? last week. Oh. oh, four. Music Man. Well, I'm, like, barely talking Music to Music Man, Man right now because he's, like. Oh, last week guy. What do we, what do we call him? Usain Bolt. He runs every day. <laughs> We'll just call him Bolt because I can't remember the all of it. <laughs> okay, it's Bolt. Yeah, went out with Bolt last week. Going out with Bolt again on Thursday. The, yeah, the less syllables in the names, the easier it is for me. Yeah, I mean we had yeah, Music Man. It's always I guess four is not that many. Usain Bolt. That's three. But Bolt felt good. Yeah. Oh, you mean I thought you were t- still talking about syllables. It's four oh, no, if guys. you include yeah, talking about guys. If you if you include Music Man, it's four. But Music Man and I are on ice right now. Mm. That's a development. Yeah, Liz empowered me to speak up last week, y'all. They've I, been seeing each other for a year now, and Amelia finally ha- had a feeling because her time wasn't being respected. So she finally was like, am I being out of line for being annoyed that my time isn't respected? And I was like, no, it's been a year. And, and I you're allowed that. to feel how you want to feel. Liz I mean, emboldened me. We're one step closer to her telling him how she actually feels about him. The next time I see him, I have to because this has been fucking torture. Mm-hmm. Like I we touched base like two months ago and I was like, you got to tell him in person. You're like, I'm going to do it next time. And you didn't do it. And now it's been two months since I've fucking seen him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I confronted him about not respecting my time and his response was so great. Yeah. It was very eloquent. He responded great. 
I was, he responded the best way that he could have. He's like, you're right. Yeah. I have not been cognizant of how you're feeling and that's not fair. And it was just like, I was like, okay, I have nothing to say to that. Yeah. (laughs) I just didn't. I was like, thank you. See you soon. Um, I didn't expect this to go well, so I don't have a plan for (laughs) everything feels very like influx for me right now. Everything like, I mean, we record our episodes like two weeks out. Um, just right. cause we're busy people and we need to have some episodes on deck, but, uh, there's going to be a flower super blood moon. <laughs> I'm not even joking. What? That's what it's considered. Yeah. There's a, it's a really important full moon astro- astrologically. When? Tonight. Oh, that's the one tonight? Yeah. I'm looking at it right now as we're recording. Yeah. And, and it's a lunar eclipse. Big things. What does this mean? Things. Um, it'll be good for you because it's happening in Gemini. It's just kind of like the general vibe is to have some awakenings about things uh, and letting letting go what's not working for you. I and had- then there's some other transit happening with Jupiter, which is like the ruler of Pisces and Sagittarius. And right now Jupiter is in Pisces and it's always like a good thing with when a planet's in its home sign. So well, a lot of big things, a lot of big things. I, I had- have a feeling you're going to be saying goodbye to some maybe maybe some dudes who aren't really serving you. Oh no. Or maybe some other stuff that's not serving you. I mean, I texted I texted you today. I had a very good therapy session today, y'all, mm-hmm. about shit that I have been needing to work through for a very long time just in terms of like imposter syndrome stuff that I've always dealt with since I was younger. I always look for reasons to not be happy about things that I've done. And that was huge. Like that felt like such a weight. It really does feel like things are starting to like kind of start like I'm like greasing up the gears, you know, mm-hmm. which is a cool feeling. I really, I need, I need something to move in some direction. I feel like I'm in flux right now. And also I feel like I'm stagnant at the same time. It's a very weird. That's, I can relate to that feeling. It's such a weird feeling. You feel a little stuck, but you like know something's about to happen. Yes. You're like, okay, but things are in motion. Yeah. I'm working my way to the surface. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how close I am to it, though, and it's driving me nuts. Yes, exactly. I just keep swimming to the surface. But then also, like, am I moving? Am I just swimming in place? Who fucking knows? Am I just thrashing around in the water? Is there any way to know? No. I guess I'll just find the surface when I fucking find it. But maybe the moon is a... What if, in this comparison, if you just are still, you'll float to the top? Hmm. Whoa. Just blew my mind on that one. Yeah, man, I do drugs. <laughs> Speaking of drugs, that was actually really beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, it's the equivalent of be still and no, you know. Yeah. Were you gonna get that tattooed? No. We talked about it last week. We talked about it being like a motto or something. Yes. Yep. I, maybe it was last week. Maybe it was two weeks ago. I can't I'm not keep sure. Track. Time is all we blending t- together. We talk a lot. We do. On the podcast and just every day, all the time. <laughs> all the time um this is not an important development but i do want to share that i'm gonna start microdosing mushrooms soon i'm so excited to hear about your experience with it i'm excited to see how it goes i hope it works well for me i hope it does too i've been 
um, since I stopped taking SSRIs, um, I've been like getting more irritable oh. lately. Well, irritability is how my anxiety shows up a lot. Oh, um, like if there's too much sound happening, I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't focus. So, um, I've just been like getting a little more like irritable and annoyed about just like benign shit and then it's but now it's easier for me to recognize I'm like oh well I did stop taking medication for my anxiety specifically so this isn't surprising um I'm still waiting to see how I feel in a few more weeks before I decide if I want to take another SSRI yeah but it's worth trying microdosing too because I've heard only good things about microdosing I just don't feel like um like Sure, my irritability has come back, but I also feel more like, um, like I was in like a fog. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have described it like that when they stop taking yeah. SSRIs. They're like, oh, I feel really clear headed. And then when I stopped taking mine, I was like, oh, yeah, I can remember things now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, that sucks that you had that experience. I mean, generally my experience was positive. I know it started out as super positive. Yeah. It got to a point where it was just like, not, I think it served me for when I needed it. Yeah. That was good. I was definitely in a dark place. Um, just feeling overwhelmed with anxiety and And they're supposed to be temporary too. Yeah. So I'm hoping SSRIs help me get more into that like positive and creative state. I would say I feel more like open-minded and positive than I did when I was on Prozac. So it's good. Yeah. Good. I'm working my way out. Yes, you are. I found more motivation. That makes me really happy. Each week that passes by, you know, but I also cry very easily. And I was like getting, I got like sad about the dumbest thing. I literally can't even remember what it was. And I was like telling my boyfriend, I was, oh, you know what? I was being like a little brat. I was just being petty and I didn't do anything petty. I was just like passive aggressively putting away my laundry. And he was like, do you want a massage? And I was like, fuck, I'm such an asshole. And then I was like, that would be nice. And he's like, are you okay? You seem a little grumpy. Oh, and I, I was like, this. Yeah, I'm grumpy. <laughs> and I told him why. And I, he's like, you should have just told me instead of, you know, being grumpy. And I was like, fuck, you're right. And I'm like 29. I should have like behaved like an adult. And I was like, I'm really sorry. And it's not like I did anything. I wasn't like being like verbally an asshole or anything. I was just huffing around Be, yeah I was just huffing around I think that that behavior is reinforced when we get made to feel like we aren't allowed to feel negative emotions mm-hmm. so we become passive aggressive about them well and then anytime I had a bad emotion like in my last relationships I was like met with being even more challenged and it's like no I'm I'm I want you to listen to me. Yeah. I, I don't want you to fucking yell at me for right. having a feeling you don't like P- because punishing, it's inconvenient. Right. Yeah. If they punish you, then they don't have to deal with the negative emotion again. Yes, exactly. So that's what I'm used to dealing with. So that's why it's also hard for me to like tell him anytime I'm having like a bad feeling. Does he know that? Yes. That's good. Yeah. I've been pretty communicative, communicative about that with him. And then now I've gotten a lot better at just saying the thing that I'm feeling because you know, most of the time I'm embarrassed about how I feel. Yeah. And I'm like, and he knows now too. Like we've, we know each other well enough that he knows when I'm telling him something like that. It's because 
It just, when you say it out loud, it doesn't have any more power. Yeah. You can't let it build up and make you huff around <laughs> and yeah. put away your dishes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, he is well aware that I'm telling him because it'll, I, like, I have to say it out loud. Yeah. And then um, sometimes it's like a stupid fear. Like I'm like, I'm afraid that when I tell you like I'm bothered by something that um, you aren't going to like me anymore and see me as insecure. And then he's like, that's not going to happen. And like when I tell him that and I can hear how ridiculous it sounds out loud and also have him like reaffirm something I know in my gut, it just feels a lot better. Yeah. I've found that's actually interesting because there's been a lot of instances in the past couple of weeks where I've felt a type of way or got, or had a feeling about something. And instead of just talking to the person about it, I'll write it in my notes in my phone and seeing it written out shows me how ridiculous it is. I'm like, okay, this is what do you call it? The anxiety goose? <laughs> yeah, the anxiety goose. <laughs> that's so cute. It's the anxiety goose telling you that there's something that needs to be addressed when in reality when you write it out or you talk it out you you realize that that's not the case and that's what's so sad about anxiety is like we can know logically that something is ridiculous and we can't quiet it so knowing yes it's so fucking annoying and my therapist loves to remind me that feelings aren't logical Mm -hmm. and I'm like god damn it You've done it again, you brilliant Gosh, bitch. Darn it, you brilliant <laughs> bitch. I'm going to kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we love our therapist like too much. <laughs> She's so cool. They've earned it. Um, but it's really nice that you are with somebody that you feel like you can be safe to. I say that, I, I, I say this all but I want everyone to know that, like, if this is a practice you want to put in place in your relationship, it is not easy. Mm-mm. Like, I wasn't, it wasn't smooth or easy for me. Like, I, at the beginning of my relationship and probably up until a few months ago, I would constantly mull over and go back and forth over how I want to handle a conversation with my boyfriend who has been nothing but, like, loving and caring the entire time I've been with him. And still, Like, knowing who he is doesn't stop the voice in my head. And I would go back and forth with my therapist and hum and ha about how I want to handle something. Sometimes I would wait until I could talk to her to figure out what I'm going to do. And then there was one time where she, like, um, I, I think she was on vacation or something, so she had to take a week off. And I was like, well, I can't talk to her. So how am I going to handle this right now? Like, I can't wait to talk to her in two weeks about this thing. And after that, I was like, I just had to get out there and start doing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of being like, hey, um, remember this thing from like two weeks ago? (laughs) It's been marinating and Um, I'm still I just wanted you to know. (laughs) Yeah. So we are we have to remember, I think this goes back to something I said in the beginning of giving ourselves grace. We have to recognize that we're the product of our experiences like we a lot of the time don't feel valid in feeling how we feel or we don't feel empowered to say how we're feeling because of past experiences have made us feel like mm-hmm. we're not justified in feeling that way and that's not true like no. every emotion is justified unless you're being like completely irrational and I think everybody is capable of knowing the difference like if if somebody has made you feel a type of way and and it's something that you feel like you can't 
just bury and be okay with, which you never should really. If something bugs you, I think that you should feel okay with saying something to someone about it. But being able to get to that point, especially in a a relationship that's like going to last longer than like a week, Mm -hmm. being able to say how you feel is so huge and not easy at all. Like that, like you're saying, it's a muscle. You have to work at it because we're the product of our experiences. We are so used to acting a certain way. You have to undo years and years and years of shit to get to a point where you're comfortable with opening up about how you're feeling. But once you do, that saves everybody a bunch of time. You're doing yourself a favor. You're doing your partner a favor because they don't have to guess. Like, it's just... And it's a practice. It's a practice. It's not just a one and done thing. You have to keep doing it. You have to keep working on it. Mm -hmm. Which is so annoying. Why is shit like that? Mm -hmm. You know? Like, working out is the same way. I'm like, I look the way I want now. I have to keep going. Oh, God. Isn't that the worst? Yeah, it's so much work. Because then you stop, and then you have to start again. the the only reason I work out. (laughs) I'm like, well, I can't stop. And that's the reason I don't start. (laughs) You... Amen. Great. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I want to be able to kick someone in the throat. So that's why I work out. Well, I didn't. Re- okay. When we did our like um, do an impression of your bestie videos. If you haven't seen those, you should go to our Instagram because I think it's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> they were so out. fun. We had so much fun. But I didn't realize until I pasted them, the two of them together, how yin and yang we are. Mm hmm. It's so funny. I thought it was, I thought it was really, I thought our impressions of each other was really funny. Yeah. Like, um, I was telling my boyfriend cause obviously I showed it to him yeah. and, um, <laughs> I was like, I think this might be like the slowest I've heard Amelia talk. <laughs> and I didn't mean that as no, like, yeah, I was like, Oh, I guess maybe I do have like a slower pattern, like vocal pattern. Yeah. And I know. I, I really, really had to thought of that. slow it down for the video. It's like, how does Liz talk? I, I thought it was in. so. I thought it was really funny. And then also like the way that you're like, <laughs> like, yeah, he deserves to know how you made him feel <laughs> or how he made you feel. And I was like, yeah. shit, I am like that. Yes, you are. <laughs> I may be small, but I could take down a six foot five guy and not even flinch. I didn't. A lot of the time when I was recording that, I wasn't thinking about what I was going to say before I said it. I was just like, I'm just going to embody Liz. <laughs> and that part, I felt like I like entered, like you entered, <laughs> your soul got into my body. Just sharpening a knife. I'm I was like, like, hello. Oh, shit, where did that come from? <laughs> I'm here, bitch. I will stab you. Let's fucking tackle someone. I felt powerful but as hell. only if you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Well, but don't feel too powerful. Back. I cry constantly. Honestly, same. Whatever. <laughs> um, but this kind of brings me to a topic talking about imposter syndrome and stuff like that I have been thinking so much about turning 30 my mm. 30th birthday is in six months and um you know our 70 percent of female listeners and probably a lot of male listeners feel this way the pressure to have and do and be it all before age 30 for women is exhausting it's honestly you're treated like you expire at age 30 and then you are 29 and you're like um okay I'm the best looking I've ever looked and like the most confident I've ever been in myself and my abilities like I'm no longer like applying for entry level and associate level jobs (laughs) like I am a mid to senior level employee now like Uh shit's shit is developing yeah but like there's just this weird like 
standard that you need to have an empire by age 30 or you're failing. And I'm sure some men feel that way when it comes to their careers. Like, oh, I have to be doing all of this by age 30. But then you are confronted with all of these, like, all of these generational issues like like generational wealth like millennials and gen z are the poorest generation because boomers fucked it up (laughs) boomers are like hoarding money that they don't need and just like fucking over the working class and honestly this thing I like I can't even begin to dig into it to get down to the absolute roots. There's all kinds of issues, yeah, <laughs> with capitalism and patriarchy. Mm-hmm. That and that's not this podcast. I don't have time for that, and I spend all day thinking about it, and it's why I have a constant headache. Anyways, all <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I've just been thinking a lot about the pressures of like what we're supposed to be and have by the time we're 30 and how that's also fucking bullshit. Yeah. And it's really interesting whenever I ask, whenever any of my guy friends turn 30, I'm like, how'd it feel? They're like, yeah, whatever. And then whenever I talk to any of my girlfriends about turning 30, it's like, oh my God, I had this whole like, it was like a, a moment for me because it's a tur- it's a turning point 30 is for whatever reason. And it's changed over the years. I think turning 30 now is like how turning 20 was like 50 years ago, you know, like mm-hmm. 30 is young. 30 is still very, very young. And still we experience it differently than men. Yeah. 30 is just kind of like, oh yeah, I turned a new decade. Well, there's not a time constraint on men. Mm-hmm. They can reproduce until they're fucking like 80. But for women, yeah. we don't have the luxury to fuck around until we're 55. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why a lot of the times it's like, okay, well, what the fuck do you want? Cause I'm not going to sit here and wait for you to grow up. Yeah. So, um, I know that can be a frustration, but I like, I'm saying that and I'm like 30 and I'm like, God, I can't even imagine having kids right now. <laughs> like I know, um, people who are my age and on their fourth kid and I'm like, what the fuck? Like fourth yeah. And I'm just, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not ready for that. And like, I don't know if or when I will want that. I, I forgot to eat until 5 p.m. today. Yeah. I can't take care of kids. I, like, I'm just sliding by. Yeah. There's I no can't take how. care of kids. I mean, more power to you. But like, it's sad because regardless of if you're, if you want kids or not, I feel like as a woman, a lot of our value is placed on whether we have kids or not by the time we're 30. And and then like, if you don't have kids, we're like, Oh my God, that's like so sad for you. Like, but statistically, like there are, there is an insane amount of statistics around like, so in heterosexual relationships, 75% of divorces are initiated by the woman. Hmm. And, um, the people who are the happiest, the people who are surveyed, who are considered the happiest are unmarried women who don't have children. And like life expect life expectancy is longer for women when they are unmarried. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know. I mean, the numbers said it, we didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Like the benefits for women without, um, being married are higher. And then just also it's like 
like for I've had a really hard time the last few years like thinking about what marriage means because everything is subjective you know and marriage to me used to mean what I think it means to a lot of people of like I'm gonna have this big beautiful wedding and it's gonna solve all my problems because I'm gonna have a sparkly ring on my finger Mm. and I'm gonna marry this guy who makes more money than me and get zero respect (laughs) anyways like I legitimately thought I was going to marry my ex and um I just like when I think about it now I'm I was thinking that like oh getting engaged is going to make me happy. It's going to fix our relationship. Yeah. And we put these markers out there that were like, oh, I need to meet this goal. I need to be engaged. I need to have a beautiful wedding. And then like the older I've gotten, the more weddings I've gone to, the more like I feel like an alien. Mm-hmm. Isn't this kind of weird? Mm-hmm. Like there's something, it's, it's almost like Christmas, like how you're like, it's a little weird that we put a tree up and we decorate it and like yeah. a stranger comes into our house and puts presents under it. Why do we put lights for, outside? And we do all of it for Jesus. Like, Why are there socks on the fireplace? Yeah, it sounds really, <laughs> all of it's really weird it's so and traditional. So yeah. then I started seeing weddings through that lens where I'm like, all of these rituals are like, kind of strange yeah (laughs) and it's expensive and it's expensive because like the like it's become predatory they're like oh it's a wedding okay i'm gonna charge you ten thousand dollars that's so real here's some food we put in the microwave i will say all the weddings i've been to all all the food's been great me too i've been to great weddings i you know what'll be interesting is to see if I don't know. We live in a very liberal bubble up here and I'm sure it's different in the South, but it'll be interesting to see when this generation becomes parents, what weddings are going to look like. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that I know, not every, not everyone, but a lot of them that have gotten married and have had big weddings has been because they want their parents to be happy. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Like a lot of them are like, I shouldn't have spent that much money on my fucking wedding. Like we should have just like gone to the courthouse and gone to Bora Bora. Yeah. And then their parents are like, well, you have to invite this aunt that you've never fucking met. Like, yes, it's just they want to invite like people you don't know to their wedding. And then there's always some kind of drama because someone is making your wedding about them. And you're Mm -hmm. like, um, go fuck off and have your own wedding then. Yeah. I like, I don't know. And like there have been times where someone's told me something about a wedding and I'm like, okay, send them my way and tell them to square the fuck up because this isn't about them. Like people that fucking propose at a wedding deserve multiple layers of hell. <laughs> I Like if, if everyone's not on board with that being okay, it is unacceptable. That is just so fucking selfish. Like, I am a- um, congratulations to you but we haven't thought about me yeah. in like five minutes yeah so, so get down on one knee oh, propose oh to me my at this God. i can't imagine a worse place to get proposed to i'd rather get proposed to in a fucking porta potty someone propo- proposed to me at another person's wedding i'd leave i i'd be like wow we're really not on the same page at all i would never be with somebody that th- that felt like that was okay when I remember when I asked my ex, I was like, what was your plan to propose to me? And he's like, um, I thought I would do it in Rome. And I'm like, okay, when? Yeah, when How are we going to fucking Rome? would you accomplish all of this? And he's like, I don't know. 
In Rome? I hadn't planned. Well, and then he was like, or on the airplane on the way there. The airplane? Yeah. I don't want anybody looking at me on an airplane. "Um, I think this man doesn't understand me. (laughs) And then the ring he designed was really basic. I remember he gave me such a hard time about rings when I was, when we were looking at rings, he was like, I hate that. And I'm like, I'm the one wearing it. Like, yeah, I want you to also like it, but like, I want to like it. And he's like, but I'm paying for it. But I'm like, I'm fucking wearing it. Anyways, it's a boring ass ring. And like, I feel like everyone has that ring now. I'm also. I wonder if he saved the design for his now wife. That he cheated on, by the way. (laughs) Ooh, tea. (laughs) I'm never going to give it up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run over. Is that Rickroll? I ruined that song. I I can't get over Rome. He wanted to fucking propose in Rome. Yeah, Rome is the most touristy, disgusting. He probably doesn't know that because he. I didn't know that because he's so boring and white that he doesn't like go a lot of places. I had this idea in my mind that like the Colosseum was like in the middle of the desert. No. It's like the t- there are people dressed up as gladiators around there trying to like sell pictures with them. It's like the Vegas of Italy. God, that sounds miserable. But okay, this, I feel like anybody that loves Rome that's listening is going to send us some angry emails. <laughs> this is my experience with Rome. They say you can't do Rome in a day. I mean, people love Vegas, so that's true. God, there's just better also, places in Italy. I think after everyone saw the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> oh yeah, they were like, "I'm looking for my Paolo." Oh my God, Paolo. <laughs> Sing for me, Paolo. <laughs> God bless it. Oh, Hillary Duff. I watched a Cinderella story the other day for the first time in years. I have so many problems with that movie. Love the movie because it's a classic. But how can this man, how can Chad Michael Murray be accepted into an Ivy League college and not be able to recognize this woman <laughs> with just an eye mask on? I know. Me and my friend that were watching it were like, it's so obviously it's her. disrespectful as fuck. Like the day before he's in his, her restaurant and she takes his order. Yeah. And the mean girl that was yeah. like dating him when she walked, when she was at the top, when Hillary Duff was at the top of the stairs, she was like, love the dress, hate her. That girl could f- see who she, she was knew. from that far away. And Chad Michael Murray couldn't figure out who was dancing with her? Unrealistic. He's just like, I'm like a nomad. Yeah. I'm going to mm. go to an Amy League. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play, play football, football dad. <laughs> Your dream dad, not mine. Oh, God. I thought it was such a sin for Chad Michael down. Murray, though. Mm-hmm. But Chad Michael Murray was the heartthrob of the mid-2000s. And then he cheated on Sophia Bush. Oh, I didn't know that. He did? That was actually his downfall. God damn Fun it. Fun fact. God damn it, Chad. Such a Chad. What a Chad. It makes move. sense that he was Chad Michael Murray, because Chad Murray is such a douchey name. He yeah. was like, I gotta throw Michael in there. Chad yeah, Michael gotta, Murray. Gotta have three names. I wonder who consulted him in that. That was a good call. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, I found something on the internet. Did you have any closing thoughts? No. <clears throat> I came across something that I thought Liz specifically would like. Because it's something that we've talked about a lot in the past. This tweet says, we were really told she slept her way to the top instead of men in power abuse their power by withholding promotions and threatening demotions if they did not receive sex from their workers. That's the top tweet. And then the reply is, 
holy shit, I did not realize this before. The only way a woman could sleep her way to the top is if the people on the top reward sexual favors more than actual qualifications. But, you know, it's her fault. And that's so obvious, but it is never discussed that way. No. Like, a perfect example that everyone knows is Monica Lewinsky. Oh, my God. She's a bad bitch. Yeah, she always has been. She was a fucking intern at the fucking White House. And got villainized. Do you know how smart you have to be? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, and she is the one who got villainized. Meanwhile, this, like, fucking grown-ass man is preying on a 22-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. That's horrendous. Yeah. And she was called... I was looking at the headlines around that time. They were vicious to her. This poor girl... If the president of the United States, your boss, the top of the country was like hitting on you, you would feel, anybody would feel very uncomfortable and pressured into doing something that they maybe wouldn't do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like she was Absolutely. not in the wrong in that. In, in any way, she wasn't in the wrong in that. And it's really, really cool now to see her so embraced by people for it. Mm-hmm. And she's probably. I wonder how she feels now. She's really fucking been through it. She's the queen of Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing an interview with her and I was like, holy shit. I can't believe that this woman was ostracized for being like preyed on by this grown ass man Mm -hmm. who is supposed to be the most respected person in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It's appalling. It really is. It's. It says a lot. Have you seen Love Actually? Uh, yes. Um, so the prime minister and like the worker that worked for him, mm-hmm. there was a part in it. I think it was Harris. No, no, no. What's his um, Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Billy Joe. No. The guy that was with Angelina Jolie for a while. He played the American. Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. He was the, he was the president in that, and that was like a nod to that whole situation with like there being like an attractive woman working in in the White House or I mean in whatever the parliament what do they call it in England I should know this (laughs) whatever wherever the prime minister works and being put in a situation where they're like there and like the head of state is made to feel uncomfortable by this attractive woman being in their presence so they have to move her out when in reality men should just be able to control themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's how it is. It's always her fault for being attractive and smart. <laughs> always. It's yeah. never, it is never It's on my fault the guy. that you are you abusing your power to manipulate me. It's, it or, is, or threaten your career. Like, uh, it is just hard to imagine the Monica Lewinsky situation, like Stormy Daniels is a really good example of this. She was such a bad bitch during that whole Trump thing. She was just going on every news network. She was like, yeah, fuck Ask it. me about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's chat. And like, I think if the Monica Lewinsky thing happened now, she would have been way more embraced than she was back then. And that makes me sad. Like she, can you imagine the entire world knowing that you gave the president a blowjob? I mean, now I'd be like, fuck yeah, I did. What's up? (laughs) Hit me up, Joe. But like (laughs) back then, being everybody being pissed at you for something that you were the least guilty in. And 
also like that's what they measure you up as mm-hmm. instead of being smart and talented enough to be the and earning in, that an spot. intern at the White House. It sucks because you never hear it. Going back to what started this whole conversation is like you never you always hear she slept her way to the top. That is such like a household phrase. And also it's so dismissive. Yeah. Of like a woman being smart and talented and assertive. Uh, she must have fucked someone to do yeah. this. Like it just this is also why like the gender binary is so fucking annoying. I'm like, who cares? If they're smart and good at their job, who fucking cares what they look like or like how they dress or what their sexual preference is? Who fucking cares? It It doesn't matter. matter. But we never, ever talk about the fact that senior management also slept with them. That's Mm -hmm. fucked up. Like everyone takes fucking training about stuff like this at every job. Mm -hmm. It's so fucked up. And it still happens. Every job I've had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, nepotism is real, especially if it's like if you're rewarding sexual favors. Drives me bonkers. It really, really does. But just, I, it was just don't, I just had, don't do that. And we all know that that's fucked up, but we, we don't. I've never seen it phrased that way. Yeah, you know, and phrasing it that way, I think, exposes just like what that actually means. Yeah, she slept her way to the top. No. <laughs> Actually. But actually. Somebody valued her sexual performance above her performance, her work performance. Yeah. So fucked up. I'm pulling up a sex fact. The left testicle usually hangs lower than the right for right-handed men, and the opposite is true for lefties. Interesting. Wonder why that is. Yeah. I want to know what the science is behind that. I know. It just says fact. I'm going to read a second one because I don't have anything to back it up. I'm going to pay attention to that it's just interesting that it's like if you're right-handed your right ball hangs lower like for what yeah why like what makes it what makes that true is like your arm tendon connected to your balls (laughs) maybe it's a chakra if you flex your arm your ball like moves (laughs) are connected the human puppets Yes, they are. Okay, after fingers and vibrators, candles are the phallic objects used most often by female masturbators, unlit ones, hopefully. Candles! I guess they're the most readily available a lot of the time. Where are they getting this data? I want to (laughs) know. Who are they asking? What what have you masturbated with that was not a vibrator or your hands? What would you say? What is, um, have you ever used something that's not a vibrator or... Have you used something that was not meant to be a dildo as a dildo? Yeah. <laughs> Are you yeah. going to share? I will. Well, okay. So the reason I paused is because there's two. I was thinking of two. So the the first one was when I first learned how to vibrate, how to vibrate, how to masturbate. I had this vibrating pillow. <laughs> well. And the vibrator, it was like a little egg in the pillow. It was like a massage pillow, but the, but the vibe, mm-hmm. the vibrating part in it was like an egg and it could come out of the pillow so you could wash the pillow. And I was too young to know what a vibrator was, but I was like, this feels great. Mm-hmm. That was the first time. That was the first thing that I used that wasn't. I had a vibrating razor and you could take the head off of the razor. You, you, mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that is ingenuity. That. It just, I don't know. You just, there's, there's a sense. Yeah. 
as a woman, you just know. Yeah, this, <laughs> this will feel this good. This will feel good. Yeah, that's it, that's so true. Because I was, I had no reason to believe that something that vibrates would feel good, mm-hmm. but it did. And then the most recent, <laughs> it was like a few months ago. There was this. So I had a vibrator once upon a time. Don't know where it went. Little, little concerning. They're very cheap on Amazon. I'm going to buy. I've been doing too much research. Like I just need to just buy one. But I don't know where my vibrator went. I was in a I'll moment send of desperation. You a link to my favorite bullet one. Please do. I think it's I like was, ten dollars. I was going to buy one of those Hitachi magic wands after um, Fake Dom had one because I was like, oh great. But they're expensive. They are expensive. And like, what the fuck am I gonna do? Because I'm gonna be moving out of my parents' house soon. And like, when I moved into my parents' house, my mom helped me, and she found my original vibrator, and that was a moment. Um, she was really great about it. She's like, she's just cool. She's like, she doesn't care. Yeah. But it was still you very s- embarrassing. Yeah. I don't want to have a conversation with any adult. My mom said what it was. She was like, she like opened up a drawer. She's like, oh, your vibrator's in here. <laughs> You're like, yes, I know. Please do not look in there again. And it was very like a kind of, wasn't a long silence, but it hung for a little too long, you know? Like, like don't. All right. Anyway, well, it's let's gone. Let's never talk about this again. <laughs> My ex and I had a whole bag of sex things, like really stupid. Looking back on it now, it's just like, a sex candle that we like never lit like was the wax intended to like be poured on you the melting point was a lot lower than normal candles Mm. um and then just like a bunch of different kinds of lubes that we kept trying but it kept like hurting i don't know anyway so in there was this like um i don't even know it was like kind of a triangle massager that like had like these like um bumps on it and it's a sex massager but there's like nothing that can be used for sex on it but I thought maybe I could figure it out um I didn't I tried (laughs) but I couldn't I was like really like using a lot of angles trying to make this thing work for um masturbating and it it didn't so I've never I think my short answer for this is I've never successfully found anything yeah other use. than what are intended to be used yeah what about you what's like Besides the weirdest thing egg. yeah the um, egg oh, my God. oh man oh you know what I had one of those face things oh yeah face uh cleanser things and I just took the top off and I used that as a vibrator remarkable and um an electric toothbrush on a couple occasions it was it was I never used it on my teeth okay it was only for my vagina (laughs) wow was Um, it okay okay and then one time I will I, this makes me want to die. What I had the little face thing like under my pillow, and um, like I cannot remember who it was, but it fell when they sat on my bed. It fell like behind my bed, and they're like, "What was that?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> what? Well, I didn't hear anything. Can you get the fuck out of my room? mind your own business my cats are grooming each other and amelia is about to die this is the cutest thing i've ever seen in my entire life they're gonna start fighting in about two minutes 
I'm excited for that too. <laughs> Fight night. Um, yeah, it's really, I hadn't really thought about, Dane Cook had a, <laughs> had a joke. But Dane Cook was like dating a 17 year old not that long ago. Did you like what read all fuck? about that? No. I mean, I feel like not that long ago. Maybe it was like oh 10 years God. ago now, but that was kind of his downfall. Anyway, um, he had a joke about f- <laughs> fucking a woman with a remote control and the batteries falling out in her. Did you ever listen to Dane Cook? Yeah, I vaguely remember this joke. <laughs> it was like one of those jokes that was like, it's not really a joke. <laughs> But I feel like we can all kind of like commiserate <laughs> with it, you know, like what I think we've all kind of had to get create creative from time to time. But a remote yeah. like they're square like that would hurt. Yeah, yeah, that would hurt. It would not feel good. It wouldn't feel good. So anyway, all that to say, like, I don't have I don't think I've really ever had like much exploration. No, I can't really think of, I don't think I've used anything to put inside me. Yeah. Other than my fingers. Yeah, actually, same. Put in, just because there's not really. <gasps> I meant to say this back in January. They're fighting now. Yeah, see, I told you. Well, like clockwork. I fingered myself for the first time recently. For the first time? Uh-huh. What? Yeah. This is big news. It was weird. I didn't realize that I had it until I was doing it. You would never like, you had never fingered yourself. No. What? I know. That's crazy. What'd you think? I liked it. <laughs> I knew that I would because I've been fingered. But like I honestly I didn't realize that I hadn't done it until I was doing it. And I was like, like why haven't I thought of this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is this really the first time I've done this? remarkable I just like hadn't really I guess felt the need to because I'm I'm like I can really only have orgasms from like clit stimulation Mm -hmm. so I've just never like needed to but I was I always do a little both action you know I see and I didn't know that both action was so fantastic until Mm -hmm. I was doing it and the reason I think I didn't bring it up things up was because it was um what did we call him um, Charles Manson, that one. It was. We've called him so many things. He has so many names. Charles Manson. He. It was one of his. He sent me, like a guided ASMR that was like just for me, which I'm sure he ended up sending it to 15 women. <laughs> but at the time, I thought it was just for me, and that was and he, like in the guiding, he said like to to, to think, finger yourself, and I had never. I didn't realize that I hadn't done it, but life-changing, life-changing moment. If you've never mm-hmm. fingered yourself, it feels kind of, it, it feels weird. Like it, on your hands, it feels weird. I mean, I use a cup, so my fingers are up in, in there constantly. That makes sense. Yeah. I, just, I know my way around my vagina. It's good. Everybody <laughs> should. It's just got up. Everybody you need should. to know where exactly where your cervix is. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure you have you ever felt for your IUD strings? No, really? Because yeah, so mine coiled up immediately, and I mean that's what you want, right? And my ex never said that he felt them, mm-hmm. so I immediately went to the gynecologist, and You're I was like, like it, it fell out. <laughs> he was like, no, it didn't. It got absorbed into my uterine yeah, and now I'm going to die. Part of me now. So once he confirmed it and he was like, it's fine, relax, I just never felt the need to check it after that. Hmm. So I just hadn't. I used to constantly freak out and check mine. 
This is so interesting. See, I don't Well, like- and then now I'm feeling like, I'm like, yeah, I guess you just, like, can be any age. Yeah. When you start figuring stuff out, you're never going to stop learning. I lost my finger virginity. I have had a lot of sex. Yeah. And I, and I had no, I had never, it it was just such a weird realization, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, and I guess it does make sense too, because you were with the same boyfriend for so long Mm -hmm. and then you went from that relationship ending to just now like dating a lot of people. Yeah. Like, yeah. And having a lot of sex and you haven't had to explore that. No. Until, you know, the world shut down. And you're like, oh, wait a second. I could probably explore this a little bit more. Huh. Yeah. I, oh, by and the I way, get, that's also like not really something like you see in porn either. Like, no. You don't really see a girl fingering herself. No. Unless you watch just like masturbation porn, which yeah, I don't. Uh, so I me just either. have never like been. I like. The, the thing that's hot to me is two people are part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, anyway. We could just keep talking, but yeah. we, should, we should end it. Um, email us, holyhourpodcast at gmail.com, at the Holy Hour on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. All right, anyway, we love you. Okay, goodbye. Bye, our children. children.